Welcome to Thriving Perspectives, and thank you for taking a moment in your day to join us, hear our stories, and discover new ways to embrace thriving. I am Terry Dubroy, founder and executive director of Thrive Enabling Potential, and today we have Nadea Villas, who lives in and studies at Santiago de Compostela University in the north of Spain in the province of Galicia. Nadea and I will be talking about her schooling, the importance of culture and travel, and how finding a balance and thriving outlook can help one's journey through any experience, including university. Welcome to the podcast, Nadea. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's wonderful to have you here. Perhaps we could inform our listeners how it is that we came to meet. And um, it was in 2018 or was it 2019 when you came to Canada? And uh, perhaps you could explain how that came to be that you traveled all the way from Spain to Northern Ontario. Yes. Yeah, how, so how did that happen? I got a scholarship from the Spanish, from a Spanish company. And I just came to Canada for a whole year. So it was supposed to be 10 months, but because of COVID, it was only seven. So I came here. I started school here. What was that like? What were your thoughts and feelings even leading up, if you can remember then, that was probably your first time studying abroad was yeah. it yeah yeah I've never like I think that I only went to the UK for uh, like a holiday mm-hmm. so I've never been outside of Spain right. so it was exciting it was scary yeah. <laughs> so it was fun mm-hmm. and the first months were hard because I was just like maybe I'm not supposed to be here right yeah it was hard at the beginning but then in, it just got better mm-hmm. so where did you stay I stayed here in North Bay with a host family. So, yeah, it was also like another cool experience to live with a whole different family. There was also another exchange student. So it was really fun and interesting, yeah. I'm curious about what it means to be uh, the fall and in the wintertime. You're from the northern province in Spain. I'm curious about the parallels for weather. What would the weather be like in the fall and in the winter time for you back home? So in fall and winter, it gets colder, but not as cold as here. <laughs> That's for sure. No way. <laughs> and we don't get as yeah. much snow as we do here. So it was interesting to also experience that kind of weather. Like, right. Because all colders can be like zero or oh. like, that's cold for us. So when I came, it was like, okay, maybe... This is way colder. (laughs) Right. And so as, you know, after Christmas and you were still here, Mm -hmm. I mean, the temperatures dropped down to in the low minus 20s. It was crazy. And like not not being able to go to school because the bus couldn't run. It was just like, okay, it's way different. Yeah. They're called snow days, but really they should be called freezing days. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Those were interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We don't have those. So it was interesting. Yeah, for sure. So... That explains how you came and uh, a, a bit of, you know, being on scholarship and so on. And um, how did we meet? So we met because I took one of your classes mm-hmm. and that was in the first semester. And I had to take like a few courses, like mandatory courses for me to be able to just go back to school when I went mm-hmm. back to Spain. And then second semester, I took your program. Mm-hmm. And that's how we 
got to know each other more. Right. So if I'm not mistaken, it was, uh, it was, it was geography for sure. I'm not, I'm not certain if it was the physical geography or the environmental resource management one, but all the same too, though, it was only a short few weeks together. Yeah. In fact, it would have been maybe six weeks. Probably. Something like that. Right. It was the first semester. Yeah. I recall that you had a three day adventure at a retreat center just outside of Algonquin Park. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, for sure. It was life-changing for me. Hmm. So just being able to be outside in the snow and like for you guys is normal, but mm-hmm. I didn't get like that experience from Spain. And it was really nice getting to know people, new people and also like myself. So it was a really nice experience. Yeah. Yeah, it was beautiful log mm-hmm. cabins everywhere. Yeah. Snow encrusted, frosted glass, right? Yeah. And a uh, roaring fireplace as well. It just creates that setting that's so unforgettable, right? Yeah. And it really allows for some really fun learning to take place when we're in a really cool setting. Mm-hmm. So, that's for sure. so I'm glad that the place and some of those activities left a lasting impression because we really just had a really short time together in class. And I remember that I was away, I was across Canada with my daughter visiting my brother. Mm-hmm. And um, I found out on Vancouver Island that school was essentially being closed. Yeah. And what a weird thing, right? Yeah, that's for sure. I remember that we were going into March break and then they were like, okay, you can take a few more weeks off. Yes. <laughs> and I wasn't really excited because in Spain things were worse with COVID. So mm-hmm. it was, well, I wasn't really happy. And then we just got sent back home because nothing was going to get back to normal. So, Yeah, it was such a great unknown. It was mm-hmm. so chaotic as everyone was trying to sort out what they should be doing or you know, where and who and how all of those things happen, how contagious yeah. is it? All those question marks would have been nerve-wracking. And certainly Spain was probably the epicenter, one of the, and in Italy too, mm-hmm. where most of the news was coming out of Europe were centered on those two places and how tough it was for people. So that must have been really hard on you at the time. Yeah, especially because I came from here so it was hard to go back and not mm. be able to go back to my normal life yeah. and just be home again. Like it was frustrating. Yeah, for sure. I bet because we were really having, you know, everyone yeah. was really enjoying themselves and, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, it makes it tough. I remember catching, uh, the last flight home. That's crazy. <laughs> and because they weren't flying either. Yeah. So I caught the last flight back to, to here mm-hmm. And really, that was it. And then they weren't really certain what they were going to do for a model. And then it ended up being some online stuff. But we all know where that went. My goodness. Yeah. (laughs) The education minister said, uh, all right, well, whatever mark you had going into the March break, your mark cannot be less. And I remember hearing that for the first time going, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep too many people hooked on school then because what's the impetus of going back for it, you know? And also, um, everyone was doing really well marks-wise. And uh, I tend to really allow for academic success for sure to begin at the start to allow for good self-confidence and self-esteem to exist. And I thought, oh boy. (laughs) So really, by the end, I, I recall it just being... 
so tough. Yeah. Right? How do you facilitate an outdoor leadership and environmental science program? Oh, but I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, it was different for sure. <laughs> yeah, right? Certainly did uh, the best I could with it. No, but yeah. it, the growth curve was steep, not just for me, but for mm-hmm. educators from everywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. So It gave me like a way to go out of my like situation there. Mm-hmm. So just being able to do something from school, from here in mm-hmm. Canada, it was... It was nice to have that. Yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, so it's been a few years. In fact, it's been four years. Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. so you're back. Yeah. So what kind of brought you, what, what brought you back? I felt like that I needed to come back. Like I needed to experience the other part of Canada, not just like mm-hmm. the snowy. <laughs> and yeah, just being able to go out more and like explore the surroundings and yeah. nature and Yep. I know uh, you've enjoyed some really good hiking. Yeah. And uh, how nice is that to be able to quietly move about beautiful places? Yeah, it's really nice to be able to just go around and see all the beautiful places that you have here. And nature is different, like that's for sure. And I'm really happy and grateful for the opportunity to be back. So. Yeah, even the times that we've been together... Uh, and to be able to do some hiking as well has been really nice because the weather's been quite cooperative mm-hmm. and you know there's something to be said about listening to a wind kind of funnel up a lake yeah. as it blows through the trees and you can hear the birds chirping and it's not too hot because of that breeze and it just feels so good yeah you know? it's peaceful and yeah calm yeah so uh, I've got a few questions that I'd love to talk to you about. Okay. Yeah? Let's Would you mind it. if we hop right in? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, many young adults navigate the balance between work, education, and personal life. How do you manage your time and find harmony in these different aspects? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I think that I don't have, like, the magic answer that mm. sometimes I looked for. And it's hard to find that balance that everyone wants so it's it's hard but I'm learning that I'm the person that I spend most time with so that's who I have to find the balance with and all like the rest of the parts of my life they are just like add-ons so it's just about finding balance within myself Mm -hmm. and taking care of myself and also, like, the social part is also there and the studies and everything. But at the end of the day, it's just, like, me, myself and I. So yeah, that's who I have to come to terms with. So Yeah, because I think there's so many pressures that come with that, too. Mm-hmm. Because it's the things that the pressure that you place upon yourself yeah. to find a way to be socially mm-hmm. and also to find a way to be academically as well. And I know you take your studies seriously, and that's something that you have always enjoyed have been your studies but it gets tough right Uh, and certainly depending on the time of year and as it relates to exams and assignments Mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff yeah now how would the first year and how have you seen these things progress in time from let's say entering into university to now you've been a few years in yeah what have you seen in terms of looking at that balance has I'm assuming that's been a work in progress. Yeah, right? that's for sure. So <laughs> and it's what, lose, what yeah. does that look like, if you want to talk about that for a moment? Yeah, so first year I came, so I changed cities. I moved to my university city now. 
So that's where I'm living. So it was a whole new experience because I had already been abroad, but this time was different because everything was different. Like the setting was different. So when I first got to university, I was still like super focused on the academic stuff because that's what I knew. Like I knew that I was good on it. So it was just like easy to keep just working on that. But then as the year went like passing, I started to realize that there is like there were other things that I also wanted to discover and just not the studies part. Yeah. So the first year was hard in that matter. But then meeting people and just trying to beat out there more is what gave me that sense of, okay, I kind of also like being with people yeah. <laughs> and being social. And it also gave me an opportunity to get to know myself better. So then going into the second year, I knew that I wanted to explore more that side of me. And I I still care for my academics, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But I gave myself more room to grow and yeah. explore. So then in the second part of the second year, it was like the best part because I find like a little more balance between those things. So... Yeah, I'm still working on that, that's for sure. And now I'm going into the third year, so I know what I want and what I don't want. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced things, so yeah. So tell me a little bit more then about your academic journey. So what led you to pursue higher education? And how has your time at the university kind of shaped your perspectives? So I've always been really curious about things. And when I was in school, I knew that I wanted to pursue like a higher education so coming here to Canada also helped me with that because I knew that I wanted to keep learning and just yeah learning more about different stuff so now I'm studying biotechnology and the degree is about learning how we are shaped to the molecular level and the cells how they work and also learning different techniques that we can use to learn more about those processes and structures. So I was always really curious about how the reactions in our body made us and how we are able to just do everything that we do in our daily lives. So I think that this degree gives me the opportunity to learn more about how our bodies work and how we can solve different things that happen in them. Yeah, I love that because I know you to be a deep thinker. <laughs> and some of the topics and questions that must arise at university must really get you pondering and thinking about things on deeper levels. So how do you approach exploring these complex ideas? So I think that I ask lots of questions. Like when I find something that I don't really understand, I try to just go deeper and... I always ask like my professors or my classmates, it's just like, hey, why is this going like that? And why do you think that this relates to what we're studying? Um, yeah, I think that I'm really curious about some like some things that I find weird sometimes. Mm-hmm. And most of the times I have to stop myself because I can get like really like overthinking stuff yeah. and just trying to like get to the first part of that thing 
and it's just hard to get like all the answers that I want. Mm -hmm. So I also learned to take a step back and be like, okay, I need to have a bigger picture right. of this and then I can dive. But that higher order questioning though is so important to be able to continue to move forward in your discipline, in mm -hmm. your area, suggesting, I think, passion and excitement for what it is that you're doing. It also sounds like you're surrounding yourself with the things that you need giving yourself a set of circumstances to allow for you to come to positive outcomes. Is that something that you've always had or is that something that you've fostered over time to improve on to make sure that you can surround yourself with what you need? It took me a while to get to where I am now. So I didn't always have like a support system that I was like comfortable with. So it just took me time to get there and surround myself with people and uh, situation that allowed me to grow. It kind of sounds like an everyday experience too. Isn't the parallel very similar between what it is that you're setting yourself up for school really just sounds like the things you're setting yourself up for in life. Yeah. That deeper curiosity, that wondering of things. You know, I have had many discussions about those things about, you know, kind of the what is what to life. And what are these things about or what are those, the dynamics to things? And as you said, suggested earlier, the most important thing that you need to foster and cultivate is the relationship you have to yourself. You're the one who's with yourself every day. Mm -hmm. So that's the one that really does need to be fostered and to nurture it and to give it the care that it needs to be able to grow and to do that well. And you're right. It does take time, right? And for those who are listening to this, it's such a, it's not, we can't overstate it. It's so important that we do these things. It's so important that we take the time to cultivate that and also to find the things that we're passionate about in life and to find the things that we're successful at too, you know? Mm -hmm. There really is something to be said about feeling good, right? In ways that are deeper, like higher self-esteem and self-confidence. I'm not talking about co cockiness or your ego that runs that, but just something that you can feel really good about too. So what has really helped that development out for you? You know, the things that allowed you to think more about things and allowed you to put together the, the, the set of circumstances that are good for you. Is there any tips or tricks that you've used to help with that? So as I told you, I think a lot. So my head is full of thoughts. So mm -hmm. being able to like reflect on them and journal about them has really helped me to just express them and just put them down so that I can see what, where my head is at and be able to just go over some of those topics and just look in my mind, like all the thoughts that I'm having around that topic mm -hmm. and just try to put them together somehow. Yeah, it's nice. Does it almost feel like if you've had a chance to write it out, right? Because I don't think you type them, you, you write it. Yeah, yeah I normally write, write yeah. Yeah that it's almost like it takes the weight away from mm -hmm. all of those things. And by transferring that from your brain, you know, through your body into your fingers to the mm -hmm. pen to paper allows for some of that weight to be lessened and to maybe have a different objective look at the things that you're saying and doing. Yeah. And sometimes I find myself writing and just as I write, it's just like, okay, I, I have a thought and I put it down and then I just read it again and I get like a new perspective on it. And it's just like, okay, maybe this isn't as bad as I thought it was. Right. Or 
I take and something else from it. So it's really nice being able to just like word your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And also like talking with people also helps like a lot mm-hmm. because yeah, it's just another process in your brain that being able like to express what your thoughts are and put them into words. It gives you a new perspective on things. You're right. And it's again, it's about cultivating and making things happen. I know that Spain has a rich cultural and historic uh, historical heritage. How has your Spanish background influenced your way of thinking and shaped your worldview? So as you said, Spain has many cultures. And that is something that I didn't see before, but now that I've traveled a little bit more, I I kind of realized that we are a country that is full of history and traditions and different languages, which also brings you broadens your learning possibilities. So I think that Spain has really made me who I am somehow. I mean, mm-hmm. that's for sure. But I think that it helps you look for things that other people don't. Yeah, but you've introduced in our time together some of the Galician traditions, which are very different. And I'm assuming that all the different provinces have different traditions. Yeah. Right? So what would so even musically, that's the part. <laughs> I mean, you know... Um, we're both very musical and there are things that we really enjoy. So I was really captivated uh, about the Celtic tradition that's so strong in Spain too, right? Because I'm like, huh, I think I'm hearing bagpipes (laughs) and, and then also uh, some other harmonics as well. So yeah, it's really neat that, uh, that those traditions are so, so strong there. And um, I'm assuming, well, I shouldn't say I'm assuming, because you've mentioned as much that that's something that's grown on you in time, uh, especially now that you're away at university. Yeah. I wasn't really introduced to like traditional Galician things when I was younger, mm-hmm. but now that I went to university, I've learned more and I have a few friends who are like really into it and I'm just learning about it more and seeing that it's something that we really have to keep because we mm-hmm. are like people are the ones that are keeping it alive. Right. So it's really nice getting to see people like get together and enjoy the same things and just mm-hmm. grow together around it. So it's really nice having those traditions and that sense of community. And the cool thing is that Spain also has like many different like traditions and really they are really close to you so you can also get to experience the others. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice to see like the differences, even in the same country or even in the same province. So it's really amazing, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm really excited <laughs> to travel through Spain and into Portugal as well. So, And a lot of that is based on the stories that you've shared with me and some of the historical and heritage background as well and how things are so steeped, um, you know, culturally as it relates to food and drink and recreation and like pastimes and so on community building and you know how to foster those things that are different in different areas so yeah i'm really excited to eventually (laughs) uh, eventually get there 
Now, I know that uh, here we are doing this interview in English, even though Galician would have been easier yeah. than probably Spanish <laughs> after that. And then actually maybe even French. I don't know. Well, I could try that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, we could convert yeah. over to French, but I don't know how well I would do. So here you are sitting in front of me and that's just four languages immediately, right? Yeah. So I'm amazed that you're able to think and process in so many different languages and to be able to express your thoughts and feelings so well. So as I'm listening to you today, I'm just amazed by that. And, um, and I'm sure that serves you really well as you travel around Europe and abroad. Yeah, it's, I really like learning languages and I would love to learn more um, because I think that they give you uh, a different way to express yourself. Like mm -hmm. English and Spanish and Galician, they are really different. And mm -hmm. um, each language gives you a way to express yourself. Yeah, it's just like they are so different and they allow you to not be like a different person, but probably be like a different person. Right. Like, yeah. So when I reflect on myself, I usually do it on English because it's easier for me because I think that there's a wider range of like expressions. And That's fascinating. So yeah. when you're perceiving those things within yourself, you're doing that in English as opposed to your mother tongue. Yeah. That's very special. Most people don't. And, and maybe that helps with your communication then because most folk have to translate it mm -hmm. and translate it back and then be able to share that. So I think that's pretty extraordinary, actually. Oh. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, in math, what are you doing math in? What, what, what language would that be in your mind? Probably like Galician or Spanish. Uh, see, yeah. math's a little bit different, I've come to realize, right? So people tend to mathematically default to yeah. their their mother tongue or the one they're most comfortable with for mm -hmm. numerics. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool. So in the pursuit of knowledge, then, one often encounters obstacles and failures. How do you handle setbacks? And what advice would you give to others facing similar challenges? First of all, nothing is permanent. Mm -hmm. Like setbacks are there for a reason. And when we are in one of them, we don't really see it. And we are just, everything gets dark around. And we don't see a way out sometimes. But nothing is permanent. Like yeah. everything is changing. So just seeing it as a point in your journey that isn't linear, linear like self-growth and just life isn't always good mm -hmm. and being able to understand that is something that can help you when you're in a darker moment yeah i think that's really good advice right that all things too shall pass mm -hmm. that in those moments of darkness there'll be many more moments of light if you allow it to be yeah. self-reflection is an essential aspect of deep thinking how do you practice self-reflection beyond journaling and how has it contributed to your personal and academic growth so as you said journaling is a big part of it but there are also many other things that help so as we said you are the person that you spend the most time with so you should take care of your mental health too and your physical health so for me exercise is a really like a way out of all those like thoughts and everything that is going around. So I feel really grateful for being able to exercise in different ways 
and also like yoga has helped me a lot mm -hmm. so just being more conscious of my body and the feelings that I get and where are they coming from and also when I get like to analyze where the emotions are in my body that also helps me a lot to reflect on them and also food and nutrition is really important so learning more about that also helped me to get to a better place with my relationships with food also and just being around nature and walking and moving my body also gives me space in my mind to just move forward sometimes all of these things help when I'm stressed with the academic part of it so they are just a way out and different like tools that I can use when I get to the those like not so beautiful places mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so just building all these tools around being well yeah. really help to get out of that rut that we were talking about it also helps to create that sense of spirit too Mm -hmm. or perhaps that peace that you would have inside it allows you to know that you're in a good place and you're just kind of connecting your your mind and your body and and your spirit allows you to feel good mm -hmm. in that process as well right yeah that's something that i will recommend everyone to just to find a place where you are just calm and relaxed so that you can go back there when you feel like everything is going out of yeah, <laughs> control. So it's really important to create that space within yourself. And if you're lucky to travel or do something that you really enjoy in order to find that place of comfort within yourself, that's, that'll be great. <laughs> but on. if not, you also have different tools that you can just work with within your home. Like Maybe this will be a nice way to kind of encapsulate the things that we've been talking about then and you've already touched on some of those things though but what advice would you give to our university student listeners right now who also aspire to be deep thinkers yeah what advice would you give those people who want to pursue things on deeper levels so the most important one is just to have a life outside of school somehow yeah. because when I was too focused in my study, it wasn't the best time for myself. Like I was learning, but I was less curious and I was just like burned off. Like I wasn't really able to do much. So just, if you wanna learn and be more curious, you have to be in a good place. So that's where all the other parts of life come in. You have to have like a good relationship with yourself, but also with others, like having people around you that get the best out of yourself mm -hmm. and just allow you a place to grow. And are also, if you have friends or a community around you that are in the same, into the same things as you, mm -hmm. like in your same degree or program, mm -hmm. It's really nice to be around them too because they also give you that sense of okay we want to learn more about this and they are curious about the same things mm -hmm. so that you yeah they will help you to get there too and sometimes it's also about letting go of things too that are not serving you well yes change can be scary and sometimes you just hold on to those things that have been around you for so long 
and you just choose to stay with them because you know them but you're missing a whole new world of possibilities just by holding on to them mm-hmm. so it is hard to let them go but sometimes those decisions have to be made yes <laughs> okay so from my experience i went into like a dark place darker place when i chose to just change those things but it was worth it it must have been hard even scary to begin with because mm-hmm. you yourself didn't have all the answers yeah but perhaps you had the confidence to know that change was needed and yeah. that you had to move in that direction yeah just sometimes you get the feeling that everything can be better and that you deserve more and for me it was a point in my life where I was able to learn more about myself and just get to know like yoga really helped me there in that darker place to just be more conscious about what what is I feeling and how could I just deal with it and try Mm -hmm. to use it to get a good outcome of Mm -hmm. that moment. So what would you recommend to other people then? who might be experiencing those sort of things. Is there any sort of encouragement that you could give or provide a piece of advice that might be able to connect with someone about that? First, you have to let yourself feel those feelings because trying to just erase them from yourself is not a good thing because I it took me a long time to understand that I had to sit with discomfort for a while and that's where growth came so the first thing will be to just feel and reflect on what you feel and then just to think and keep in your mind that that's that we said like as we said before that's just momentary like it's not going to stay forever mm-hmm. if you try to move over it and just keep moving mm-hmm. it will end someday yeah so it can be hard when you are inside of that like rod but just trying to remember like good things and trying to reflect on what you will like your life to look like and what are you going to pursue in life that's what kept me going yeah i think it's a beautiful way to end I always have appreciated the way in which you look at things and you're very real about that. You're very authentic in looking at yourself and finding the best ways to realize your own potential or in fact to enable your potential and find ways that allow you to thrive in life and make the connections that suit you and your higher good the best. And I'm so excited about where you've come from and where you're going. And I'm a big fan of yours. And, <laughs> and I really look forward to seeing where you go and, and, uh, and what you're going to do. What, uh, what are your aspirations? What, um, what are you thinking about for your, for your schooling? Would you like to continue uh, past, uh, past your undergrad? Yeah. My idea right now that uh, it might change. But for now, like, I'm thinking about pursuing a master's after my degree and then maybe doing, like, a, taking a PhD. 
mm-hmm. because this summer I took a, a placement on a research group and I really liked it there. So I could see myself working more in that field. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, that's awesome because I think what I am surmising or I'm gathering from this is lots of things, but it's really about feeling good, mm-hmm. feeling about that the decisions that you're making are, are good ones and you feel happy and passionate about what you're doing. There's a way forward that has many positive outcomes and, you know, you want to do your work. You want to get in there and do things and yeah. make change and, yeah, and I know you will. So I look forward to staying in touch and it's been nice reconnecting with you here. And I'm so thankful you came back for a visit and joined us on the podcast. Yeah, I'm really grateful for this opportunity. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Thriving Perspectives. If you enjoyed this and would like more content from us, see the links in the description to visit our website and to follow us on our social media platforms. If you thought of someone in your life who might be positively impacted or inspired from this episode, please share it forward with them. Take care, and we look forward to connecting again with you soon. Keep on thriving. Mm -hmm.